This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Bing bong. Hello. How's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling? East Coast, we're skiing. We're doing it. It's funny how skiing happens and I kind of miss my mountain bike like immediately. Maybe it's because the skiing isn't that great. And I know, you know, we say a lot like, oh, skiing's not that great. Maybe you're just not that great of a skier. But no, it's brown and it's raining. But we are skiing, so let's just be amped on that. And that's kind of, well, actually, that has nothing to do with this episode. Other than, like, my guest this week has the greatest attitude I've ever encountered. And it before I interviewed her, I was like, man, is this fake? But now after speaking with her, after texting back and forth, I think it's real. I think she's genuinely that happy. So I hope we can all get a little bit of that happiness, a little bit of that ray of sunshine that my guest gives off because it's like it's inspiring so but we'll talk all about that before we talk about that as always i have to give a huge shout out huge thank you you know and i want to tell you guys about it because we only work with people that we really like working with my first spot this week is alpine vans go to alpinevans.com they just did their entire website I am so jealous of their vans. You got a lot of you guys know that I have a van. I wish it was built by Al- Alpine Vans. They have a quote builder on their website. They have the models in stock. They have their full inventory. They tell you kind of what makes their van special versus other vans. I had the opportunity to sample a van for a week. The closet has a heater in it. So like talk about dry, warm boots, gloves. This stuff is amazing. Uh, If any of you guys are familiar with the 50 Project, Cody Townsend is in an Alpine van. There's a reason for that. They are so good. They have four-wheel drive options. The branding is phenomenal. And, like, you know, we want to look cool in the lift line, but we also want to look cool, like, getting there. They make an adventure wagon. They're so good. And none of the fluff. I see a lot of van builders who have a lot of fluff, a lot of stuff you're never going to use. These guys are not it. Todd over at Alpine Vans is well thought out. He's a skier. He's a mountain biker. He's an adventurer. And it makes sense. So go to alpinevans.com and look at them. Check them out. Now I know winter is like kind of here. It's cold. It's warm on the East Coast. But there's no sense in not being prepared. Go over to functionwear.com. Here's what I love from them. They're neck tubes. There are many like it but none of them are like function. And that's why I love them. Recycled fabrics. I really like the single layer. I wear it under my helmet. I wear it under my hat. I can breathe. It doesn't fog up my goggles. They do make a goggle cover now, which I'm super hyped on because I always lose my goggle bags. Go to functionwear.com. Check it out. They have winter balaclavas, summer balaclavas, headbands for winter running, fleece-lined, Water repellent, double layer, single layer, mesh line, multiply, headbands, beanies. It really, go to functionwear.com. That's P H U N K S H U N W E A R.com. Functionwear.com. Free shipping when you spend over 40 bucks, which is pretty easy on the site because there's so many good offerings that, like, be careful because you'll fill your cart and then you'll look back and be like, whoa. I spent some money. They got stuff for kids. It, honestly, functionware.com. Check it out. Let me talk about one more 
of my favorite sponsors before we really dive in to this episode. And it's important. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, it's really important. Specifically right now, the backcountry is super dangerous. And I want to talk to you about Mammut, mammut.com, and specifically the equipment over at Mammut. The Barry Vox Beacon is like top tier. It's what the pros use, and they use it for a reason. Um, I can't even talk enough about it. It's it's a life-saving device. That's literally what this thing is. Barry Vox, check it out on mammut.com. If you're new to all this, they sell a Barry Vox package. You literally get a beacon, shovel, and probe for 460 bucks. And here's the thing. We're going to give you 25% off that package if you use Out of Bounds 25 at checkout. You're not going to find a better deal. And here's the other thing you should really start thinking about. You know, when we started this whole thing, we not being me, but the avalanche safety was always beacon, shovel, probe. I'm telling you that the new thought process should be beacon, shovel, probe, avi bag. It's proven. They work. They can save your life. These are life-saving devices for things that we're, we're just going and skiing. It's supposed to be fun. So go to memmoot.com, educate yourself, find out what you need, slide into our DMs, ask us questions, take a class, ask your friends. Education is cool. Uh, and it can save your life. It can save your friend's life. So we should really start taking this stuff seriously. Go to memmoot.com, use code OUTOFBOUNDS25. You're not going to find a better discount than that. I promise you it's great for under the Christmas tree, whatever holiday you celebrate. Check it out. Okay, that was a mouthful. My guest, episode 89, people. I'm calling it Skiing is Fun, and it's with Madison Rose Ostergren. If you don't know who she is, look her up. One of my favorite projects is one of her first personal projects. It is called Fuel. It's the brainchild of Iz and Madison, and it kind of talks about everything, imposter syndrome, skiing powder, not being good enough, but also just being you and being comfortable in your own skin, and sometimes that's easier to say. This episode is a total swerve from what I normally do. Madison was just on another podcast, and I love that. I don't. There's plenty of podcasts, and I want everyone to be on there. I want everyone to tell their story. But she told her story pretty deep on that podcast, so I didn't want to do that. So what I did, we just had a conversation, and it was great. I think it gives a full, like, really look into who Madison is. She's bubbly. She loves Crocs. She loves skiing. She loves her mom. We talk about her mom in it, and Redhead Real Estate, I think, is what her mom's Instagram is. Talk about penguins, aliens, personal growth, uh, just being honest with yourself, injuries. Honestly, it's a contender for episode of the year. It was so refreshing. And again, she's been on plenty of podcasts. Go listen to her other podcasts if you want to dive deep into her story and her video projects. And we talk about all that, but we really talk about the behind the scenes stuff and you know how it might be just the best six minutes of her life that you all see. But there's a whole other world going on behind that to show you those things. Hope you enjoy the episode. I apologize for the long pre-read. I'm excited. I love this episode so much, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Okay, I got to start this off. All right, Madison Rose Ostergren. That's it? That's yeah. nailed it? That's the name. You nailed it. Ostergren, a very Swedish name. Swedish. 
All right, I'm going to ask the question that I think everyone listening wants to know right off the bat. Okay. What would you do if you found a penguin in your freezer? Oh, my God. Is it alive or what's happening? I think it's alive. Oh, dude, I found a penguin in the freezer. I'd probably ask what it's up to. Like, what are you doing, dude? And then and then I'd maybe try to keep it. I don't know. I live in Wyoming. It's really cold here. Maybe it could survive. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd maybe befriend <laughs> it. Is that okay? Would you name it? Well, yeah, it's up to This oh, is your answer. Sure. I mean, I think I'd befriend it first. And then... Then I'd be like, what's your name? I'm Madison. And then I think we could be friends. Honestly, I bet I would get along better with the penguin than I don't have any pets. And I can't seem to, you know, I, I don't see that happening in the future. Kind of like, you know, relationships in the winter. They just kind of go to shit. Yeah, I'm gone. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I travel too much. I like that you assume the penguin can talk right off the bat. You're like, yeah, oh, I'd ask yeah. it its name. Yeah, what's going on, dude? What's your name? And then it would speak to me telepathically, obviously. This I'm just that's my new bit as a as a podcast host. I'm just camp counselor icebreaker questions now. Like right <laughs> off the bat, this is what we're dealing with. Um <laughs> so you're a pro skier, that's pretty cool. What does that look like? What do you do every day? That what do I, I try to ski every day, dude, as much as I can. I, I've been dealing the last um, few months since the summer with an injury that was caused in the spring from skiing. So I think a big, you know, a big thing is taking care of the body, skiing as much as I can, being active as much as I can. Um, and a lot of thinking about skiing and talking about it too. But, you know, it whether it's shooting video, shooting photo, going skiing, planning trips, going on trips, it's a lot of a lot of that revolving around skiing, which feels pretty special and amazing. And I think, to be totally honest, there's times I think in everyone's life when you're just sitting down and you're like, maybe you're in a weird spot and you're kind of having a hard time and you're just like, oh man, I'm going through a hard time. But then there's these like beautiful moments of clarity where you're like, holy crap, I have the coolest job ever and I, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And life is supposed to be up and down because if you didn't have the lows, you wouldn't have the highs either. And so I feel really lucky. I think I have the coolest job in the absolute universe and um, I feel blessed. So that's what I do. I, I do think it's funny that people, people almost believe that you can't complain because your job is so good. And it's not really a complaint, but it's still life. Like it's, it's just, that's the whole, yeah, exactly. Adam, it's like life everyone's going through ups and downs. It doesn't matter what your job is. You could have the best job in the world, which I feel like I'm like, yeah, this is the best. But it's work. Life, it's work. Sure. But the work isn't what's ticking me off. It's normal life that sometimes gets hard. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what exactly you're doing. You could have an office job and it, you could still have ups and downs. It's all just perspective. Yeah. I think sometimes, cause I, it's always, the grass is always greener, right? Like that's always the thing and not saying I'd ever want to be an engineer or work in an office but sometimes I'm like man you get to just clock out like you don't have like you don't have scheduled things at 8 p.m with pro skiers and they just ghost you that only happens in my life okay I'm so sorry Wait, <laughs> are we gonna have to talk about this on the on the podcast Madison ghosted me last night on a on a episode but I'm over it I'm totally over it, it doesn't affect me at all it's fine I'm still feeling quite guilty so, but no, I, I mean, for, no, it's fine. But for real, it's like, 
you never get to clock out. You are always on, which is like cool. It's, you get to do what you love, but like you don't get to, if you walk to the grocery store and someone recognizes you, like you're Madison, you have I mean, to be. I mean, that's very, that's very true. And you know, I've, with that being said, I I actually have a really hard time with this because I'm a people pleaser. A little couple of things about my personality. I feel like people kind of already know, but I'm very extroverted and I'm definitely a people pleaser. And I've been working on these, um, trying to find balance in both of those things, like working on being more, I found myself being more introverted and wanting to be home more um, and just like taking more solo time. So kind of finding balance in that extroverted introverted and then also people pleasing like I love loving people but I all and I love being loved but I also need to just like take care of myself as well and I can't always be on and you have these moments where if you're on for so long kind of like I mean we were together out in Boston at like the Boston ski show the snowbound show and it's like that whole day you're having to socialize and, and talk and be on. And it, it does get quite tiring socially to be on like that because I still get energy from people. But in the end, I'm like, I just need to go like move my body and be alone and like throw headphones on and, and get, you know, or go to yoga or climb with my friend. You know, I think, I think it's important to find balance in those. And I have a hard time with that because I always feel like if I'm out in the grocery store and someone recognizes me, I'm like, oh, I have to, I, I know, catch myself. I like perk up and I'm like, oh, hi. And they're like, oh, hey, I so follow you on social media. And I'm like, oh, hey. And it's like, I have to, it's like, I almost have to fulfill what this person's expectation or what they, their preconceived notion of who I should, who I am and what I should be and how I am on social media. And not to say that I, um, that I'm different on social media. So like a huge difference. I don't think I try to be as authentic as I can, but I do also think that there is part of me that always wants people to like me. I want people to, um, feel included. I, I want them to feel listened to. So when someone's like, Hey, I follow you on social media and I don't know who they are. I'm like, Oh, like, you know, that's really cool. Like, what is your, you know, what's your name? What's your story? And so I try to connect in that way, but it gets kind of hard sometimes because I have a hard time remembering names. <laughs> like, and I catch myself, I'm like, have we met before? And they're like, yeah, on the chairlift one time five years ago. And I'm like, dang it. Yeah, I can't but remember. <laughs> I don't think you're expected to. And I don't think they expect you to, but it is an interesting, I don't have the status you do by any means, but if I do at all, it's like in Boston. Like that is like an yeah, East Coast, like, and you're like, people are like, oh shit, you're Adam X. And you're just like, yep. But you like, but you are like, oh shit, I have to turn it on. I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. How's it going? Nice to meet you. Great. Like, what's your name? Oh, I'm like kissing babies. And I'm like, should I kiss that baby? I don't really know what just happened there. And you're like, <laughs> but it's like, a, and it doesn't mean it's not who you are like my and like my internet persona is out of control but like deep down that's half me but it's also like i'm also the guy who just likes to kind of hike in the woods alone and be by myself yeah. and it is do you have any weird interactions like what's your weirdest and you can say no if you don't want to talk about but like what's your weirdest person to person interaction Oh man! Or I DM. Think about you can that. go DM if you want, because people hide behind or the like, internet, which is fun. <laughs> I don't know. I I find I get a lot of positive 
people on social media. I, I feel lucky to have a lot of positive people stoked on like connecting. And um, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think part of it is the red hair. Like I think I used to hate my hair. Now I kind of own it, but like, I can't get away with anything. Like I want, you know, whether I'm like you know, robbing a bank or whatever, like I can't get away with anything. But red hair really is like a blessing and a curse, you know. Um, sometimes I just want to be stealthy and I just I just can't pull it off. Um, but I don't know. One time I'm not a big online dater person or whatever, but <laughs> one time, <laughs> this one guy was like, yo, we've like I've actually like been on one online date in my life. But I kind of sometimes browse or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, so <laughs> just swipe to see what's going on, what's in the, what's the new new. But um, one time this guy apparently we had matched like a few times and then it just got deleted because I never actually like talked with him. And he was like, "Yo, we've met like ten times and over the last three years, and we've matched like four times. Like you don't." I was like, "So what's your name or what's your deal?" And he's like, "We've." You, I've like reached out to you like numerous times, like this is bad. And I was like, okay, gotta go. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I mean, what do you do, right? <laughs> no, and, and I feel kind of good. And then I'm like, you know what, whatever, you know, it's okay. Like you can't always remember someone with, you know, meeting them in, in within like one time or two, you know, apparently this guy 10 times is what he said, <laughs> but I don't think it was, that was true. I think. He was trying to make me feel a little funky. But, but also like you're human. And I think that's like the just the general. I think everyone forgets that everyone listening like we put you athletes on this pedestal because we see in a good year the six best minutes of your life. And that could be that's three so different films like could yeah, be. Totally. I mean, call it 10 minutes. That's a lot of clips. And we yeah. see that. We see that six to 10 minutes, which is arguably the greatest six to 10 minutes of your year. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, depending on the year of your entire life, like in my, like this year filming, I feel like I skied the best that I've ever skied in my life. And so maybe there's a roundup of, you know, four minutes of the best skiing I've ever done. And yeah. So sometimes I'm like, you know, sometimes it's scary to go to the resort and be like skiing under the lift. And I'm kind of like right now I'm recovering from ankle surgery. And so I'm skiing really mellow in a pair of touring boots and touring skis with kingpins. And I'm used to having like DR, like Del Bello DRS 130 flex race boots and like just killer groomer skis. And I'm just making dad turns, like taking it easy early season. And I have to really make sure in my head that I'm not like performing for anyone else besides just feeling my body because I get like, Oh, someone saw me on social media ripping these turns. Like I need to do that under the lift too at this exact moment, every single day. Like I don't, I need to be able to, I need to take care of myself. Number, number one, like first. So this pressure a little, <laughs> like, but also no one uh, skis like that every day of every, like, it's just not, you I guys... don't know. Have you ever met my friend, Jim Ryan? He's he. He skis like that almost every single day. The dude's he's, impressive. He's like an asterisk, though. Like, he is one of a million. He's a freak of nature, dude. He's going to be like, he is the next household name. He really is. Like, <laughs> he's just, everyone's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's, that's Jim. Like, everyone is just going to be, but no, for real, like, you don't, I don't go out and, like, I mean, I never do unless something goes horrible that my hip, like, hits the snow in a turn. But like no one goes out and just skis like that for hours. Like 
Am I wrong in this? Like, <laughs> In Jackson, it feels like a lot of pressure sometimes. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, you are right. It's when you have to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And I think a lot of professional skiers sometimes like save it, save like huge hucks or like save, you know, save it for like their film part of the season, which tends to be, I think, in February and March and or like they're going to Alaska and they're like, you're essentially trying not to get injured until you go do these, you know, these films and perform at your highest level because that's what your job is, is your job is to perform for movies or films. And so, you know, the rest of the season, they're maybe taking it more mellow. And, but like, sometimes I get, I get just excited. And then I like hit these like pretty big cliffs and my friends are like, what are you doing? This is so early. Like, why are you throwing this sketchy back foot that you don't know how to do? Like, just chill out for a second, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but it's fun. (laughs) I mean, I think that's my favorite part of your clips in general is that you just seem to be having fun. A lot of clips I watch, I'm like, that person rips. They're great. But are they having fun? And like you, whether it's an act or not, you don't have to answer that. It doesn't matter. But like, it's always like when they cut to the bottom four skiers, it's always like you with the smiling face giving the high five. And that's like a common denominator in all of your videos. And Mm -hmm. like, sure there's a script but it's not always like like some of those are actual natural moments and you just always seem to be hyped does this hold true all the time like you have to have a bad attitude at some point or are you just bubbly happy jolly madison (laughs) um oh my gosh i mean that's a great question i definitely have hard times for sure i think well, well let's start with the happy times like like i said i'm extroverted when someone is having fun, like it is so contagious. And a lot of times, I mean, I actually tested this theory the other day, twice. (laughs) I've skied, I know this is the beginning of the season, but I went on a ski tour by myself, two of them. One of them, I skied up Snow King, which is like right out my backyard. And the groomer had just perfectly groomed um, like right as I was like skinning up the mountain. And so I got a fresh, freshy corduroy on the way down. As I'm skiing down, a full smile comes to my face. I'm like, this is so sick right now. Like, I'm like, this feels so good. And so a smile was brought to my face and I'm like, woo. And I let out a little like, woo. So I was like, all right, it's not just the people. The skiing definitely makes me happy. Um, Moving my body always makes me feel excited. Tiring myself. I like tiring myself out. I like pushing myself. But then you have to add in like your friends that are also getting super stoked because they're performing and well and skiing and that's so contagious. And so I would say a lot of times when I'm skiing and with my friends, I have a generally positive, happy, giddy kind of excitement for for skiing, no matter the conditions. I mean, it could be I, I like skiing in all different sorts of conditions, but on the opposite end of that, like batitude, you said I've never even heard that word, but that's pretty cool. That's a coin term. Um, it's bad my attitude. Close... Bad attitude. Yeah, attitude, bad attitude. I mean, yeah, I think all of my close friends, I feel really lucky. I have a killer support system here in, in Jackson and in, in life. You know, I, I just like everyone else can probably relate. Like you go through these ups and downs all the time. And sometimes when I'm, I kind of force myself to be alone and, and really like sit with emotions and sit with feelings because I want to, be curious about them and, and instead of running away from them, which I think I did for a lot of my life, 
and just only chased happiness and always chased um, the next thing, the next upper. Um, I have been the last few years and especially in the last year and then with injury, I have been accepting sadness when it happens or a bad attitude or like having a hard time. Like those are really real emotions. And the more I'm allowing myself to feel that kind of like negativeness that those voices is in, in really just feeling and like listening to it, the more depth I feel like has been created in my life and the more sustained kind of, I want to say happiness, but more, maybe more contentment, um, the more like level that contentment has been. And, and, and the more I can like not go so low or, um, yeah, I know you can, I can find my way out a little bit easier knowing that like, it's going to get better, but yeah, I mean, I, I circle it's day to day. Yeah. I mean, for everyone. And I love that you said content or contentment, because I think the word content has this horrible, like narrative. And I don't think it is. I think it's okay to be content. And obviously that's, that can be defined in billions of ways, but like there are times in your life where you're just like, okay, I can't push. I don't need to, I need to be content for a minute, not forever. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a space, I will push or I will versus like, if you're not content, you might let where you are bring you down completely. And it's like, no, 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 hold fast. I'm good. Figure it out. Move forward. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great way to put it. And I think, I don't know. It's, it is neat that, and like I met you once like in IRL in real life, it's like, you're a fucking ball of sunshine and and you're on and you're on display and like it's part of I don't want to say it's part of your act, but like you're on. You have to be on in those moments. But I think the opposite of that is just being, you know, headphones on music, having time for yourself to like focus so you can dedicate everything else to other people when you're in public. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, a good example of that is like when you're skiing, let's say you're skiing at the resort, I think about like, what am I thinking about when I'm skiing at the resort? Like if I'm under the lift, am I thinking about these people watching me or am I thinking about like me skiing? And, and then, and then similar with like other activities in your life, when you're walking down the road, are you thinking about your step? Are you thinking about all these people looking at you? Are you thinking when you're dancing, are you thinking about being in your body or are you thinking about what other people, maybe their judgments or whatever? And so I, I, I'm, there's some things in life that I feel like I'm so present and I'm like, that is so sick. Like I do a lot of yoga, do a lot of meditation. Um, and I do a lot of dancing and I find myself like, wow, I'm really present. And then obviously skiing as well, but there's certain kinds of skiing. And so sometimes if I get out of my head or like I, if I kind of start thinking about what people think of me, then I'm out of my body and then I can't perform. You're not performing at your best. And, and you're just not focused. And I think that flow really comes when you're absolutely present with your mind and body. And then like everything kind of slows and you're not distracted. And that's kind of hard. I, I, I'm a distracted kid and, and I've always been a distracted kid. I'm like, Ooh, shiny. Ooh, squirrel. Like, Oh, what it's over there. Like, you know, and, 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 uh, I'm trying my best. I think I've gotten a lot better at, yeah, calming a bit and and being okay, being, you know, present. And I love that. It's a great feeling. I think it's really hard 
I am not in your position, but I have many opportunities in the ski world. And it's hard not to go to the next shiny thing. And it's hard not to be like, you know, like you probably just got all the ski, you got all your skis, you got your full quiver. And then like you see the 24, 25, and that's like two years, but you see it and you're like, I want that. And you're like, just chill, like be happy with what you have. And like, it is hard just being present. And yeah. my friends are like, you know, the people who don't get it because they, they're like, it's all free. And you're, and you're like, no, this is. Like, this is what I do. This is my job. This is right. all part of it. And right. like, again, my situation is different than yours, but it's very hard to not go to the next shiny thing, quote unquote. It's very hard to just be present. Yeah. So how do you do it? How do you deal with it? What's the answer? Um, if you're going to tell yeah. one person how to be present. Oh God, dude. I don't know if there's one, I don't think there's one answer in my opinion. I think it's kind of probably unique and, and different for everyone and how to like cultivate presence. I, I, I found that some useful techniques or ways that I've been able to um, be more present is like getting rid of social media or like putting my phone away for periods of time. Um, I think that's really helpful. The One of the bigger things I guess I do every day is I journal like three pages in my notebook every single day. Three pages? And yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Which seems like a lot. Yeah. It seems like a lot. And and sometimes when I'm traveling, like I don't get, I don't get to it, but I really, really try to stick to it. I read this um, workbook. It's called the artist's way. And it essentially is a workbook and book about like refining this creativity, this inner, inner creativity and inner child that's always been in you, but you've kind of lost from society's pressure. Um, and you know, just from different learning habits and, and, and growing up. And so I read this book and it, and it really changed it while I was injured and it really changed the way I looked at a lot of things. And I ended up like, I couldn't move my body. And so I was needing an outlet and I ended up writing a lot of music. I play the ukulele and sing and love playing music with my friends. And, but I ended up writing a lot of music and it was this really cool process, but the way I was able to write the music was because the journal entries, this book challenges you to write three pages a day. And essentially you are, there's so much activity in our brain. If you really sit down and like start listening to like all the different shit that's going on in your brain, there's a lot going on. And so the three pa pages, you could write blah, blah, blah the whole time. But really, you're just trying to get rid of and download and kind of dump all this um, maybe anxiety evoking um, self-talk or like stuff that's stressing you out or like what you're going to do for the day or what happened yesterday. Like all this stuff that's like kind of just like going in your brain, you're getting that on paper, kind of like you're talking to a therapist. You're just you're putting it on paper and then it opens up this room for new information and creativity to kind of come in but you kind of have to like put the other stuff on paper before that it's kind of like you just have to make room for it you, you just have to be ready to accept like what the universe is trying to give you because there's a lot out there and but you won't but maybe it's hard to find if you're not giving yourself the time or energy um or space and you to listen you think it worked or works? Yeah. I think it works really well. I think it's hard. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's hard to one. It's hard to just like write anything at this point. Yeah, I think I think especially with technology these days, we do a lot on our phones. I'm a very hand. You should see my table right now. It has like all of my. I'm taking an Avalanche Pro Level One Pro One course and. And I have everything like printed out. Like I'm a very handwritten kind of person, and I liked I like it. I learn better visually and with hands and hands-on stuff. So I think it's super powerful to actually write it. And the more technology we have with computers and iPads and phones and tablets and all this stuff, like it gets us away from like just sitting down and writing in a journal. But like I I have so many moleskins. Just I take them everywhere I go. I keep saying I'm going to do that because I do that for the podcast like I'm on my phone right now because I just mm -hmm. have notes and I just write notes and like some of them are ridiculous like I just write things down like this question is not you don't have to answer but where's the worst smelling place you've been like I just write notes that like <laughs> if I get lost I can just like <laughs> like but I, that's just how my brain works but I'm like you know I should start carrying I'm a field notes guy because I like the field notes but I should start carrying one and just have like, that's all the greatest comedians. They just always had a book. They just always had a notebook yeah. in their pocket and they just write down. And I don't think the phone gives you that same sensation. Yeah. It like spell checks it for you and stuff. And it like screws around with it. There's something about, I think there's something and may, you know, maybe this is wrong, but I bet you there's something to do with how your brain to hand to pen to paper, like that physical act. I think, is there's got to be something there. I don't know oh, what it is, but there's definitely no, like, you know? I mean, writing is an art. Like if you, yeah. you know, we take it for granted. Cause, but like we, I worked, I used to do a lot of events and event management and we, I helped out some friends last month, to New York city marathon. And we hired three calligraphers to like write their, the person's name and time for the marathon. And it was so neat to see like, yeah. like, I, that's a dying thing, right? Calligraphy. And they're like, oh, we're so big. And they're in New York City. So there's just a thousand hipsters who are like hiring calligraphers for their <laughs> weddings, which is amazing. Yeah. But I was like, this is so cool to see. And the three of them, they all wrote the same word and same time. And to see how each one was different, I was like, oh, this is, it's literally like a dying art, like writing. My 13 year old niece can't write cursive, not because. She does like she's just never been taught cursive. Like it's a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is pretty that is pretty wild. I definitely had to take cursive. And my teachers thought I was really bad at it, I remember. But it that is a cool art to be able to do. Yeah. It's writing is I think that's really I always liked writing, but I um with this injury, it really and then reading that artist's way, it really changed a lot in my life in a positive way, realizing that like, I didn't always have to just do, um, like do things constantly, move my body constantly. I could be in this more like feminine energy. Um, cause you kind of have yin and yang and you have this like feminine being, and then you have this like doing, which is kind of masculine. And I, with the injury, I really, I really learned, like it was a slap in the face. It was like, okay, like you need to just sit still. And I was like, come on. Like I've sat still for two days and they're like, nope, this is a major surgery. Like you got to sit still a bit, quite a lot, quite a bit longer than that. And I was like, this sucks. So I had to really pivot and figure out how to use 
other parts of my body and brain that was helpful for me. And yeah, and, and writing was a big part of it and which ended up and music is a huge part of it too. So like, I love music. I love writing. And so it was this cool, like combination of the two and yeah, we'll see where it goes, but it's been really kind of a beautiful um, thing that has started to grow. It's probably one of those injuries and like, I'm speculating heavy here, but that in like eight years, you will be like, that is the best thing that ever happened to me. Cause you're, you're, you're <laughs> young. Yeah, but you're young. So like it forced you to slow down where you weren't ready to slow oh, yeah. down. And the timing seems pretty good, honestly, cause I yeah. think you'll be back for this season and pretty at a good percentage, maybe not a hundred, but yeah. you'll be there. But like it forced you to slow down and work on your mental fitness for lack of a better term, but it is a thing. Like it's a thing. No, you're so right. You're so right. I think I it's mean, gonna be one of those things. In in eight years, we'll do this again. And we'll oh, I love like, it. Okay, check in. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll probably be sooner than eight years if we're being honest. But but you know what I mean. It's one of those yeah, things that you're like, oh shit, this is like what I needed. I think it is. I think I already kind of know that in the back of my head, and sometimes I reject it a little bit because once you get a little. Once I get tastes again of like, ooh, skiing, ooh, charging, ooh, feeling like I need to be active, like I forget about this, whether it's like I forget about writing as much or I forget about music as much or I put off these other like mental things that I could be doing. But I was so involved doing the mental side of things when I was injured that it was all I could do. And so I really I, – I think I go, I go all in on everything. I'm like 120% I'm there. Let's do it. And so when I started moving my body again, you lose a little bit of it. But what I've tried to maintain, and I think I do a pretty good job, is as I continue to write, like, as much as I can. And, and I don't even go back and, like, look through it. I don't think you have to. Like, it's just downloading and putting down this stuff that you don't need to just keep on carrying in your brain because that just creates anxiety, <laughs> in my opinion. But so how do you – yeah, no, there is no – I love saying, like, one word and, like, tell everyone how to do this. It's like, no, 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 this is what works for me. Like, this might not work right, for you. This might not – that's fine. How do you – and maybe you don't manage, maybe you do manage – burnout. Again, you're a young buck. You should just be like, head down, I got this. But but that's not always the reality, I don't think. And you've – how many films did you do this year? Are we calling it two? Are we calling it – Yeah. I was in Warren Miller this. So yeah, that came out this fall. I was in this film called Beautiful Sen, which is a vocal film with Legs of Steel. Um, they're based in Austria. And I, yeah, so those are the two films that I was uh, did and worked on last season and was in this fall, this year. And then, yeah, those are the two. But those both had tours behind them, correct, is where I'm getting at? <laughs> yeah, those did. Well, the well, mostly Warren Miller. The the beautiful send. I Jimmy Ryan, my teammate, and I really wanted to go to Austria to be at the premiere. So they did do a movie night with a premiere with other amazing films as well that Legs of Steel had worked on and produced. And so I, we had such a blast with that crew that we were like, "This we have to go back." Like Innsbruck is a really cool place. <clears throat> number one and also we just wanted to reconnect with the crew because it was such a blast to work with them so yeah we did go out to Austria to Innsbruck and, and go to the movie there 
Um, but mostly I was on tour for Warren Miller. And then my film that I made two seasons ago made it into BAMP Film Festival. So I, so I went up with the, with the film or the cinematographer, um, Islam Mott, and we, we went up to BAMP for that for quite a few days. So I, I've been on, I was on tour for a little while for, yeah, it felt like two months. I, did, I got to go home one week. That was nice. I've done a lot of tours not film tours i've toured with bands selling merch i've shot That's photographs it. for bands i've i worked a color run for three years like Where full tour this? yeah i've been all over the world for just ju nothing cool that i've ever done just like but life on the road i is, mean it sounds it sounds cool on paper <laughs> life on the road is like brutal and then you're you're on you're an athlete we've talked about all that i want to talk about Going to a Warren first, you get into Warren Miller. That's like that call is cool. No one like, it's and very, you've talked about this yes. in other podcasts, but like <laughs> that's cool, right? Like, I yeah. got a little mad at Warren Miller because they suit Warren Miller, but like, it's still cool. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's always Warren Miller is such a it's a it's such a cool thing because it's been going on for so long and to be able to carry on with it and be a part of it feels really special and it's really <clears throat> it's really family oriented and it's very inclusive and I really appreciate that side of um yeah I really appreciate that side of the film industry I think it, it always has been too it, it seems like they've for a long time now have been really making sure that they're include having a lot of like <clears throat> inclusivity within the film and so um, I appreciate that. I also love the vibe because I grew up watching those movies and I was that young skier that was like, oh my God, I want to go do that. And so, you know, it's, I like being a part of it. I really do. Yeah. I think again, I'm an old guy. So I like had, when I was growing <laughs> <Not> up, <laughs> when I was growing up, the Warren Miller was kind of like, The, it was the family films, which is sick. And like, it's, and I appreciate it more now, but like we had like the grungier, like we had the level one films dropping and those were all like new school skiing. Right. And it was like, but what Warren Miller's oh. always done is like one, they, they always have a snowboarder in there in some way, shape or form, which I've always loved. Oh, there's a lot this year. Right. But like, I've never understood Ooh. why we can't like marry everybody even with telemark skiing and i hate on telemark skiing on the internet and everyone's mad about me about it. whatever i don't care <laughs> i love telemark skiing i'm a telemark skier uh for everyone calling me out that i can't telemark ski i suck at everything and i'm probably better than you at telemark skiing so let's <laughs> let's lay that out right now but i'm like why aren't we having telemark skiers in films why aren't we putting snowboarders in films like it's all I'm a skier through and through. And when my friends snowboard and they do something cool, I'm like, whoa, that like, it's yeah, always no, weird that it's totally so, agree. and Warren's always done a good job of like bringing that in and then bringing in like all stars like adaptive yourself sports. and then adaptive sports who are insane. Like, are you kidding me? It, yeah. This that stuff, it really is so impressive to me. It really is. Um, it's such a neat thing. Yeah, and they, I love that they brought the tours back. I haven't even seen Daymaker yet because I'm not paying for Outside Plus. I'm sorry. And uh, I didn't make it to a <laughs> premiere. But, like, the fact that they're doing premieres and they're, like, bringing in athletes is so 
means so much more than I think anyone's giving them credit for because it costs them a lot of money to do it. And Mm -hmm. thankfully we have big sponsors, but like putting you guys up and having you travel and show face at these films is so important to ski community. And there's going to be a 10 year old girl who's watching your segment who was you X years ago and is like, yo, that's going to be me. I mean, that is my dream, would be a dream come true. And I think that's all I could ever hope and wish for, right? Like, I, I've been, I spent a lot of time for this tour on the East Coast. I was there for two weeks and I went to, I went to quite a few shows. I don't even know how many I went to, um, over six or seven or something like that, or eight maybe. And, or maybe it was more. I honestly, I couldn't even tell you how many I went to, but I really wanted to give the East coast some love because I don't think they see a lot of athletes out there that come through, but like Boulder and Denver and Utah and Wyoming. And they, they all, you know, there's so many films that are happening and they're all premiere there. And so to be able to go out there and see these kids, no joke that are like skiing on their small mountain which is what I grew up skiing, a very small mountain in Michigan. Like to have, to be able to do that felt really good. It felt really good because I want kids or young women to know that like, or young men, doesn't matter, um, to know that like they can just chase their dreams and, and whatever they set their mind to, they can do. And like, I was that kid that what grew up on a very small hill and this journey that I've been on has been like a wild journey and I've been ski racing. I went to college and these things, but like now I'm in a place where I can talk about it, like on a podcast, like that's pretty cool. I didn't think, I didn't know that I was totally that I was going to be here, but I really think that um, showing kids and or showing people that like they can, they can do whatever they set their mind to is so important. Um, And it's especially like, I think it's, especially valuable to like young women maybe and at a certain age because I really struggled as a kid I felt like I didn't fit in and I felt like I was really different and I was highly competitive and pretty boyish and very just like sports was all that mattered I like always identified as an athlete I think probably because I was like very ADHD and super hyper my parents were like get her in every sport ever (laughs) and which I've talked about in numerous podcasts at this point where I'm like my parents were like she's a handful So I, you know, I've always identified as an athlete, but like I had some really special moments on this last, on this tour where like I connected with these young women and like their dads, which was really funny too, just being like texting me on Instagram being like, thanks so much. Like I had a lot of texts after the tour of like dads that were like, thank you so much. Like our daughter, you know, Jill or, you know, whatever, um, had such an amazing time meeting you. Like, thanks for taking extra time to chat with her. And, and that like warm, like saying that just warms my heart because I think that women have, it's hard. It's hard. Childhood is hard. You know, you, you learn your, your mind is so malleable and everything that's happening in your life. Like it just gets, it just is, it's a lot. And so I don't know. I just want to be there for the young women coming up and, and try to be a positive role model. But it's also hard because I'm not perfect, you know, and, and I make mistakes and I have a lot of flaws. And I hope that um, by being trying to be authentic and open and vulnerable, I can show that like social media 
kind of portrays this like highlight thing that we were saying, this highlight reel or the six minutes of the best of who you are. And those smiles are real, but there's also a lot of tears. Like if you know me well, you know that I cry a lot and I, and showing vulnerability is something that I've been working on. And I think is really important because I think it opens the door for other people to show vulnerability and be able to accept that about themselves. And so it took me a long time to figure that out. And I, and my goal is to, to show that like you can be vulnerable and you can still be strong at the same time, because I think vulnerability is the ultimate strength. Oh, I love that. I really do. I think you nailed it. And to touch on the East coast, I'm an East coast kid. Um, things like snowbound don't happen here. And like, mm-hmm. I don't want to like flex on snowbound, like, but like, Conrad Anchor isn't coming to speak anywhere on the East Coast for fun. Yeah, that was like, sick. Murinovator is not coming. Kelly Clark's not coming. And like Kelly Clark was like, someone asked her a question. She's like, oh, I crashed. And then I went behind the wall and I cried for two minutes. I had like a hard cry. <laughs> and then I went out there yeah. and I did what I knew how to do. And it was like, fuck yeah. Like, but yeah. that's my East Coast thing. And it's showing up. And I, I love that the East Coast shows up. So I think... Marketing so. departments are starting to figure out that the East Coast shows up because we don't get these things. There's a reason the World Cup is at Killington, and it's not because the snow is good in November. It's because 21,000 people fucking show up to watch people ride on shit snow and cheer for their hometown favorites. Like that. Yeah, it's sick. You do that in, I don't, I'm not a big racer person, but like, where's the one out West? They don't have a great attendance. The I mean, yeah, it's like the men's is birds of birds of prey. Like, yeah. yeah, you're so right. And it's the local thing, but it's also like East Coast shows up. We like, show up. They are there. We have nothing else They're to strong. do. <laughs> yeah, dude. And also it's like, I always, I say this probably a million times, but it's, it's actually like, you know, I said this when I was on Warren Miller tour because I felt so appreciative for the East Coast because the stoke and the energy out there is pretty much uncomparable. When you out when you're out west, people get kind of soft. You know, I even find myself getting kind of soft. Like, oh, it's, you know, it could be a good day to go skiing, but like, you know, it's not best. And then people in the East, it could be like sleeting and like negative twenty, and they're like, buckle up, yeah, guys. I don't know if you can see behind me. Cross. See like the brown. Yeah. I'm going skiing after this. Like, yeah it's yep, exactly. it's just what we do opening day was friday 34 raining sideways it's like perfect let's do it like here we go let's do it and it, it's like diehard skiing i love it it's the worst i wish i hated it but i love it so this is me this is what's you're it like hardened we're okay. diamonds because we've been exactly we're polished now the east coast is <laughs> i don't know it's something we've been talking for a while so i want to get through some stuff Beautiful send. Okay. Holy fuck. Um, I don't love vocal skis because they're fucking good and I'm not. Uh, but you oh guys made God, me want to ski vocals. Like, holy shit. I've sent yeah. that video, no lie, to 15 people this week. And I'll wow. let you talk about Thank it before you. I'm done padding it. But, like, one, ski films that make watchers, like consumers, feel like, oh, I can do that with my friends. What a concept. Like, I can't make those turns, but, like, I can pretend to. So 
That and is rad. The it. video's rad. <laughs> and like hats off to Vocal for putting together people who are humans and not 75 years old to actually ski on these skis that are good. Like I've worked in a ski shop for fucking ever. And like the same guy who comes in and buys the mantra, I'm like, ugh, and the Kenjo, I'm like, ugh. And then I see you guys out there and I'm like, oh yes. So yeah. tip of the hat to I mean, Vocal. No. Let's talk about that. How I know you've talked about this on other podcasts, so we don't have to go too deep, but like you almost killed a filmer, so that's cool. I dig yeah. that. Yeah. Did everyone get hurt that's while filming? What? Did everyone get hurt while filming? Yeah, everyone got hurt. So yeah, Beautiful Zen was like one of the like maybe the sickest project I've ever worked worked on ever. I I know you don't like vocal skis, but but dude. My, I mean that with my heart. I I mean this with my heart. This is the best equipment I have ever been on in my life. Like I feel like these skis and the quiver that I have is an extension of my like body. And I think that's the way it should feel. And to have like yeah, it's it's they're incredible. They're incredible like pieces of equipment and I we trust it with our life. And so the the project was so fun to work on it was a total blast but i mean what was your question i even i don't know i i don't because i love vocal no 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 i don't not like vocal skis their skis are amazing every time i ski them i'm like fuck these are good like i want to be mad but they rip like I don't know the skill set to like some people. This is my favorite line when I used to work like demos. People be like, I don't know. These aren't that great. And they're like handing me back like a mantra. Yeah. And I'm like, well, some people don't have the software to run the hardware. That's this case. Like this thing doesn't <laughs> suck. This thing is good. No. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it also takes like a certain kind of ski or to ski the ski a man to ski a mantra or a or like a Kenja or Kendo or secret you know i mean that ski is a has real. A stiff and it's aggressive and it's, it's a real freaking ski and you're in your and it's fat yeah racers i think they like it <laughs> i think they like it but it's very um it was really cool to put all of us on different pairs of you know on different skis so like Anne, the other female in beautiful send was on like a deacon master which is like the most she was on the most narrow ski and that one is like I mean, very uh-huh. close to like, yeah, it'd be like a master's race ski. Right. And she it's like is 72 like underfoot. Probably. I mean, her turn, dude, is absolutely the nastiest turn. I mean, the boys will agree she makes the nastiest turn out of the four of us. Well, yeah, it's it a really trench. Does. What are you skiing on? I'm Isn't skiing that? on the Kenja 88. So that's like, but that's so what like, I mean. That is 88 underfoot and it is a rocket ship. Like, I am not shitting yeah. on vocal other than, like, I hate vocal because it's too real and I can't ski it. Like, you have to be on. You have to be good <laughs> skier to ski vocals. And the people that are, like, vocals suck, you're wrong, one. Two, and this isn't an, that, this man. isn't an ad. Well, people say it. This is I an advertisement for vocal. But, like, you can't ski it. They're real. They're real skis all the way up the line. Usually when you get, like, 88, yeah. 102, whatever, they're just, like, noodles. And these are not. Yeah. They are insane. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really psyched. And, uh, everyone stop with their pause. 
a quick interruption. I know you guys love it, but let's have a little Woodchuck Cider break. If you guys don't know what Woodchuck Cider is, go to woodchuck.com, check it out. It's the America's original hard cider since 1991. And I used to think that wasn't that long ago, but now I'm an old guy, so I'm figuring it out that 91 is a long time ago. They have a sangria, Granny Smith apple, mimosa, berry snap, a rosé, blueberry, amber, and they sell it in a variety pack. So if you're not sure where you want to go, you can get a variety pack. They sell a brunch box that has like, you know, your mimosa and your bubbly pear secco. You got to check this stuff out. So if you're sitting around right now, as long as you're not driving, walk in your fridge, grab yourself a woodchuck cider. Go to woodchuck.com, check it out. They actually ship it to a lot of states. You can buy it right online. They'll tell you where they'll ship it and where they won't. So give it a look. It's fully educational, the whole website on why it's better than others. They dive deep, and I love it. It's so good. But the coolest thing about Woodchuck and the people at Woodchuck is that they really enjoy this stuff. Like, it's not... They didn't start this because they thought it was going to be a major business. They started it because they love hard ciders, and now they're sharing it with the world. So they have a passion for hard cider. They're the original American hard cider. I believe it's still made in Vermont. So go to woodchuck.com and check it out. Okay, before we get into the episode, I swear we're going to get there. Let's do a little talk about the bag that I will be running this year, and that is the Deuter Freerider Pro 34+. Plus has all the features and capacity for multi-day winter adventures in the mountains. My favorite thing about it, about it is it fits like a 25. It's very seems very small, but there's a 10 liter expansion on the top. It's a roll top. You don't even know if it's the, it's there unless you need it. So maybe on those cold days you can bring an extra puffer, bring an extra pair of gloves. It has the ability to carry your skis diagonally, do an A-frame, you can carry snowshoes, snowboard axes there's plenty of gear straps on there and here's why i really love it when you stop for a break you don't have to unstrap your equipment because you can access the main compartment via the rear opening on the back that fully opens so you can get to your contents without having to undo everything they have a pocket that is 100 waterproof so you can put your skins in there they've thought of everything amazing hip straps and ice axe attachment Reinforced safety compartment for your shovel, blade, handle, probe, first aid kit. Uh, you know, separate compartment for your safety gear is a little important. Helmet mounts. You can put a up to a three liter hydration system in there. PFC free. I mean, what's the best way to say this? Hundred percent guarantee, lifetime guarantee. If they can't repair it, they will replace it. Go over to Deuter. Check it out, Deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. Now, back to this fantastic episode with my homie, Madison. Don't pause this, but go watch Beauty Send. Beauty Send? Beauty Full Send? Beauty Full Send. Full Send. Because it's insane. It's, but the, co- the coolest thing about that whole thing, besides, like, the Legs of Steel people did an amazing job with the cinema- cinematography, like... It makes me feel like I am out skiing with four of my friends because in our heads, that's what we think we're doing. And that's why skiing is so cool. That is such a compliment. I feel like that's the best compliment that I could ever receive from that. But also the Legs of Steel crew and I think the other athletes and Boca will feel very appreciative of that. Because I think that's also the goal, right? Like 
we want to show like piste skiing is the most approachable um, kind of skiing. Like it takes a lot more to like go into the backcountry or go heli skiing or go cat skiing. Like that's a huge, like you have to, you have to have like money and so many resources and the, and nowhere to go, you know, all this stuff. And to be able to go ski at a T-bar with your homies, like we were skiing under a T-bar. Right. But that's what I mean. And you're, you're, it you're, was you're so... friends with your friends, you know? What's the soundtrack? Locomotive Breath. Oh, Jeff yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I'm like, I know what it was, but I couldn't remember. But no, and I think the ski choices were all spot on. It was smart marketing. It was the right pick of skiers. It's just a great film. Like I'm not, and it's five minutes, which is like my yeah. attention span. Bite size, baby. Yeah, but that's that's it. That, I, I don't know. I really loved it. Um, I don't hate vocal skis. They're just a lot of skis, and I suck at skiing. So that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> I want to talk about fuel because it's good. One we have a mutual friend is yeah. She did the whole Go project. Is. Did, so how did this come about? Let's talk about it. Maybe you've talked about it. I don't care anymore. We'll talk about it again. Okay. Yeah, it was <clears> – <throat> it feels funny too to like talk about it. Now it's been – it feels like it's been a little bit since we had like initially started the project, which was like four years ago, thinking like, okay, we're going to do a ski film together. And Iz and I had met. We became really close friends. We enjoyed shooting photos together up at Alta. It was when I was living in Salt Lake. And it started kind of, you know, it, it was a slow moving process. We had a COVID year in the first year. So then, so we couldn't really film anything. We couldn't, we couldn't do what we wanted to do. So we're like, all right, next season. And like, at this point, I'm kind of early in my career. I'm very early in my career. Is is super early in her career. And we are like, well, this, maybe we can prove ourselves. Like we're going to make a movie. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I hadn't really seen any, like, I hadn't seen many, I wanted, I, I had high expectations, I think, because, but we, <laughs> I had expectations because I visualize things that like I want to see. And I think I'm very like, I think of the videography and like what, what it could be. And so I like kind of set us up. I'm thinking to myself now looking back, like, wow, I really, I really had high expectations. Um, and I think, you know what? I thought we did pretty freaking good compared to my expectations of what two women could really like most of the most of it was done with us. We had so much help from like, yeah, like a lot of amazing people in the Wasatch area and the Alta area. And we had sponsors, but like for the most part, to be honest with you, like it was low budget. Like it was is and I out a lot during the season. It was me traveling from because I had moved to Jackson. I had to like there's a storm coming to the Wasatch. I would drive to to Salt Lake five, four and a half hours, and then like wake up at five the next morning, go up, shoot with, you know, shoot with this. Some days were just bad. Some days it worked out. <laughs> COVID was still a thing. We were struggling with that. Is, you know, is has, and I don't even know, I'm not gonna talk about is his health things, but she definitely had to be really careful about COVID because of like her work and what she deals with um, health wise. And I, and so I had to like wear a mask around is some of the time I'm like just now remembering this cause it's been a little bit, but I wanted to be respectful of that, but that was definitely another challenge on top of that. It was like two of us. So I bought a drone and was like, I'm going to be a drone pilot. And like, <laughs> like I, I like lost my drone a couple times. Like I tried to like fly my drone up, didn't know how to use it. 
like flew it up. And then I'd be like, all right, it is, I'm ready. And I'm like on the top of this line. And then like, I start skiing and like the remote control of the drone in my backpack, like I didn't know how to use it. It like moves and, and like the drone just like crashes and I lose my drone and like is gets, doesn't even like, she misses the shot and we're like, God dang it. Like, you know, we are working just the two of us quite a bit on this. And so the filming process was like the biggest learning experience on top of that my trend of like almost killing videographers. Like I, I think the last day we shot video for fuel, I was skiing bumps on straight skis down high rustler, high boy up at Elta. And I was kind of just buzzing that whole day. And I, and I felt kind of spazzy and I like fell, I, I was kind of going like mock Chanel down this thing and like was skiing at is and was trying to get kind of close to her to get like the snow to go up. And I like full on hit her, snapped her tripod in half and I gave her a concussion. <clears throat> and I ended up feeling like so bad. And she was like actually hurt. And like, <laughs> we can laugh about it now, but like I struggled last season with two major concussions back to back. And it, it kind of screwed me up. Like I had to deal a lot with like mental health, a lot of mental health stuff and a lot of like concussion stuff. Anyways, I kind of went on a tangent, but pretty much it was a huge learning experience to have the two of us as two young females in the industry make a film and then have this like lofty goal. It seemed really lofty at the time to like make it into a film festival. And we made in the one that we submitted to is mountain film and BAMP film. And these are like kind of like legit film festivals. And we got the call for mountain film and his calls me crying. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong? He's like, we made it in. And I was like, oh my God. And, and, and I, and I just was so proud. Like at this point it's, it was far a little further removed. We had a premiere, you know, like we had already had a premiere. So, which was a huge turnout. And I was kind of like, all right, sweet. But then when it made it into the film festivals, like, I think that was a really big step for Iz and I, and, and especially Iz, I, I just, I couldn't be more stoked that she, she's just, you know, on this like beautiful journey of discovering her like brand and her and what she's doing and herself. And <clears throat> it was really, it was really special to do that with her. And now I feel moving forward, it's almost like this was the, the long, I don't know what to call it. I've been trying to, I've been struggling with what to call it, but it feels like we did it and it's like sick. Now I want to do it again. And this is what I learned. It's like a, it's like a platform, you know, I'm like, sweet. We know what we did with this. Fuel with is like the proof of concept. Like, I think we can do this. It's like a proof. Exactly. Yeah. We can do exactly. this. We did it. People cared. She's always like even cooler. Which is even cooler. Who knew? And then you're like, holy shit, we can do this. And then you, I mean, yeah. again, I'm just going to pad your ego. You're going to leave this and be like, yeah, fuck yeah. But it's, you have some <laughs> lines in there and it actually, you actually say peace and contentment with who you are, which we talked about that earlier. Uh, but you talk about slow down, mm -hmm. listen to yourself, listen to your heart. Remember that your story is your story. And you also say, just be me, just be who you want to be. And like, mm -hmm. that was f three, four years ago. Three or two years, three years yeah. ago. So it's neat to hear that in this fuel and then hear everything you just said 25 minutes ago. And like, these are notes that I wrote three days ago. And like, yeah, it's cool to see that it is a coming to life, a project, a personal project. And like, 
it's very easy for us to maybe say these things when we're writing a script and filming a thing, but like it goes back to like, we're human and we do struggle with these things. So it's really neat to like, see it all come full circle. And you sing at the end, which is like, most people (laughs) skip the credits and that's super cool because it gives you a little piece of who you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. And And Megan McJames. Can we just talk about Megan McJames for a minute? Oh, please. I would love to. And Anna Marno, Megan McJames and Anna, are like I feel like they need they are the coolest first off they absolutely shred we all raced together back in the day but they're much older than I am and when it comes to just positive role models in my life of people that like like quick backstory on Megan McJames when I was like 12 years old she came to a race camp when I lived in Michigan I was in Copper Mountain Colorado at a race camp and she came to my race camp and because she ha- was teammates with this girl named Lindy Janowiak, who was also on the U.S. ski team with her. And Lindy's dad, Dan Janowiak, was my race coach in Michigan. So like uh, these it was quite the weird experience. So anyways, Megan comes and like chats and I was like obsessed with her. I thought she was the coolest. and I thought she had like the sweetest little voice ever, but also like watch that girl trench, dude. Like she absolutely shreds. And then full circle moment again, we end up racing like Noriam cups together as I got older. And then we both were in Salt Lake going to Westminster and Anna, similar thing. I didn't race as much with Anna, but I did for like maybe one or two seasons in like Noriam's. She definitely kicked my ass. Like these girls are like way better skiers, <laughs> racers than I was, you know? Um, but I looked up to them, admired them and Anna ended up like one season when I was in college, she was coaching for Snowbird and we would train at Snowbird. And she like, she as like a female coach, like spoke to me more than any of the male coaches could. Like she gave me really good advice um, skiing and I really cared about her opinion and, and what she thought. And I, and her is like, yeah, technical. And she, they're just both like such technical and, te- and great skiers. Um, also, so I admire them a note. lot and I wanted to include them. Side note, Megan went to the like two or three Olympics yeah. without being on the US yeah. ski team because they were like, you can't fucking sit with us. And she was like, oh, yeah. And then still went. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, she got yeah, mean girled. Oh, yeah. And she's still too nice to talk shit on them, which I'm mad about. Yep. She should shit on them. Like, shame on whoever. Oh, I don't know who that is. That's a whole. I, I had her on the show. She's phenomenal. But I was like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like you went to how many? I think I think it was three, but maybe it was two. But like yeah. unsupported. Like yeah, what? Dude. She's super special. And like I, I kid you not, Adam, like those two women are like when I think of people in my life that I think are like the most good hearted, genuine, kindest people I know that just they also just happen to be like the best female skiers that can turn like the best turning like they're just the best i i I couldn't those are the those are them and i feel really lucky to be able to ski beside them you know i i couldn't be more stoked on that so and i and i'm glad you asked that question too because they were a part of the film and the film is so short that they're only in it for like just it feels like a hot second and i wish it could have been longer um 
but I wanted to include them because it felt like it was part of my story and a part of this like idea of community and what I kind of aspire to be is like, is like Anna and is like Megan. Like you meet those women, they, they don't, something I think is so admirable is when people just don't talk poorly about anyone. Like they show up with kindness. They, they, they are invested in you and, and curious about how your life is going and they just never are talking ever badly about anyone. And I think that's really admirable. And Oh, I wish I talk shit on everything. It's how I really, (laughs) yeah, not in like a net. It's just how I deal. Like even like my, it's how I talk about myself. Like, and it's, yeah, but it's you're what, also a Boston guy. I'm not a Boston. I'm in Buffalo, New York. I got nothing to do okay, with Boston. Okay, okay. I'm so far I'm from Boston. Like, okay, sorry, sorry, but like you spend time in Boston, you know? No, like, only like for Snowbound. You just happened to see me the one time I've been in Boston. The last time I was in Boston was the Fenway <laughs> Big Air competition, and you were 12 years old. Like, <laughs> that's the last time I was in Boston. But no, okay, okay. I. It's. It's how I handle things, so I definitely do it. But I'm like, oh, people probably think I'm negative. And I'm like, nah, I'm actually pretty positive. It's just how I cope. But when you meet those people who are just yeah, like, special. you're like, fuck, I need some right. of that in my life. Yeah, they're great. Overall, huge, huge win. And they're, they're amazing. Their names did not go unnoticed in the credits. And I saw Digi Dave in there as a little cinematographer credit. Uh, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember what it was that it. We really tried to give a lot of people credit too. It was awesome to include as many people as we could in the credits, and and I'm trying. I think you actually that's a funny a funny uh, reason why is was shooting the this like. <laughs> do you want to know the story? Yeah, um, I got time. Um, okay. I got time. If I'm if funny. you think I'm creeping my phone, it's just because I'm looking at notes on where to go. I'm not like texting. You're people. doing great. No, it's good. I feel um, great. She, Thank you. <laughs> um is like, she's gonna laugh maybe if she hears this but or maybe punch me in the face just kidding she would never do that um is was shooting on this perfect day in rocky point at alta it was the day that i hit a frame and b frame and c frame we had a drone guy mike he's the best he's the bomb we had rocco he was the best time he's out the bomb. time out time out time out yeah what is the zone called in Rocky Point. Rocky Point. That's like you take a one chairlift up and then you kind of skirt over and then drop down and then yep. skin back up and in. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So like side country Alta. Yeah. Is Super took me there. Okay. That's the only reason I know about that. Oh, is yeah, and oh, okay. Tui, right? Tui? Yep. Yeah. He's the bomb. Okay. Go on. Sorry. I was just trying to place the... I got the it. The scene. The scene here. Set the scene. So yeah. So with the scene set up, everything's in position. Um, I hit B-frame first and land it and i'm like yeah that was sick and i like talk i like come down i'm like i'm just like drooling i'm pumped you know and i talked to mike who's flying the drone mike brown he's part of sweetcrest productions he's also he was a huge player in the um making of this film he was an amazing resource as well as cinematographer he is like he hits b-frame and he's like I think he does it. Yeah, he like goes big on B frame. And, and Mike's like this tall guy. He's like this tall Sydney. And he's like, Mads, I'll film today, but I also want to like hit the jumps. And I'm like, yeah, sh- whatever, dude. Like, you got to do you. You got to freaking ski. Like, we're out here doing it. And it's a good snow day. It goes blue. Everything lines up. And I look and I feel the snow. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I, I need to hit A frame. And I'd hit it, I think, one or two. 
I had hit it different se- different seasons, you know, see, I think two seasons back to back, but once was with Julian Carr who like throws himself off of like ridiculous cliffs. And so the only other time I had done it was with him. And he was like, yeah, Mads, you got it. Let's go Mads. <laughs> and then Samo, who also was like, here we go, Mads. Like you got this. And like, so I had these two guys that are like so good. And they both had taught, helped me and like talked me into it the last two years. But this time it lines up and I'm there alone. I got nobody on the top of A-frame. And the whole thing with A-frame is it's like this cliff. But you co- when you come up to it, you can't see. You like see just like a, almost like walking the plank, like skiing off of a plank and just like fall, free falling. Like you come into it with some speed and then you just like fly off of it. Like you can't even see where you're going. And so it's quite intimidating. And I'm up there. I'm like, oh, my God. I like hope I land this thing, you know, like I'm, I'm up here alone and I really had to like talk myself into it and be like, or just talk myself up. Like I knew I could do it, but I really have to tell myself like, you can do it. And you should hear me on GoPro videos. I'm usually like yelling at myself, like, here we go, Mads, fire it up. And like, I'm, I'm pretending that I'm somebody else trying to get me. <laughs> Third <excited>. person. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was going to ask if there was anything you said before you drop, like ready, steady, oh, spaghetti. Yeah. It's a little like- inappropriate, but I definitely I definitely get like jazzed up. I definitely yell at myself a little bit. <laughs> and so I like, I'm like, here we go, Matt. Don't be a wimp. And then I like send it and like go off this cliff, land it, stomp it, throw my hand in the air. I'm like, let's go. And I like get down. Iz is like probably crying. And like I go up to her <laughs> and she, we made a movie because it was kind of like we had done the whole season and stuff was, you know, tiring, dude. And so we both look at each other like half sobbing. I'm like, I can't even breathe. I'm stoked. And we're like, we made a movie. This is the best thing ever. Okay. We make this. We we're like, we, that was the end. And it was like, that was the best day ever. A couple of weeks go by. I like go film for Warren Miller that season. I like come back. I'm like, yo, is like, what's going on? It's kind of getting close to the end of the season. And she calls me and she's like crying again. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Let it out, and, like, girl. I, yeah, totally. I have no judge. I cry all the time. So this is, it's like kind of awesome that I get to be kind of the person that's like, it's okay. And she's like, Mads. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I lost all my, my, my files on my SD card got fully um, erased. Like it got wiped clean. I have no footage at all from that entire day. And it was like the best day. (laughs) Cool, 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 cool. I was like, you know what I actually said? I didn't even say, I was like, yeah. I was like, all right, we'll just go do it again. <laughs> um, You're better and than so I. It, and it would mean there's no, I think it's a lesson for life. You don't, nothing is the end of the world. There's always something, there's always a way to go if you just keep going. Like there's always, as long as you just keep going, it's okay. My, my friend Jim Ryan always says, keep it moving. And I think that's a great metaphor. Like it's his metaphor for life. And I love that because if you get stuck, like being like, why did you do that? Or, Oh my God, I can't believe you did it. You're just living in the past. And I just was like, no problem. Like, you know, like that's okay that we lost it. She's like, well, I think that maybe some of the guys that were also there filming, maybe they got something. So here we go. Digi Dave coming in clutch. He ended up was also in the similar location to is and actually just happened to videotape it for fun. 
And so we ended up getting that, that shot guy, from him. Dude. So, uh, yeah, he's he just like pops up out of nowhere. Like, Digi, if you're hearing this right now, like you crack me up, number one. Also, just like thank you. Um Thank you for letting me live in your house for a week and ruining your Hulu <laughs> algorithm, Digi, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. So we lucked out because there was some footage that we were able to gather from, and we had a drone shot from it too. So it wasn't the end of the world, but it was a cool, I mean, again, like I told you, like this is one of the biggest learning experiences in terms of like filming ever. Um, it was very special and, and, and it, it's no use getting mad about something. It's like, no, only solutions, only solutions. Um, yeah. Only moving forward. Keep moving forward. No, I love that. And I thought fuel was great. And I think, I don't know. It's a pretty heavy film for you to put out like that kind of sets the tone for a lot of people as to who you are. Like you're not, especially then you weren't a household name, right? Like you've definitely like blossomed in the last two years. You kind of blew up, which is sick, but like, thank you. that is like, that's a project someone does 10 years from now. So I was, I'm pretty impatient. No, but it's awesome. Like I think it's I think it's really cool. Like it's a it's I mean that's it's like a this is who I am. Like right off Thank the bat. You. It's I think I got I think when I like the message of that film too with like acceptance and everything. I think when I had kind of I'd gone through a lot of like transformation and we're always going through transformation, but I feel like at 22 I really like woke up and was like, "Whoa, I just woke up." Like I can really take a hold of my life. Like I can really stop. I don't need to always please other people. Like I, I can really take the reins here. And I had just done a lot of like self-reflecting. And so with this, you know, this story of acceptance, but I just didn't want to feel, I think people try to box you in, like fence you in a little bit without even knowing it. Like they want, like, let's say you're a slope style skier you're just going to be labeled a slope style skier or you're or like you're a redhead. You're going to be labeled a redhead or people kind of want to keep you in this little, like what they want to see from you on social media or what they want to see from you in a movie or people like they think I'm energetic and happy. Like that's what they want to see. And that's what they expect. So I had this like whole realization where I was like, I got to keep people on their toes, man. I'm fucking so, sad, like, dude. Right. Like I'm <laughs> sad right now. Like get used to it. Um, <laughs> And, but like, yeah, in reality, that's kind of what it's like. Like I think keeping, I didn't want, I wanted to showcase in the film all variety of skiing that I just enjoy doing like groomers, bumps, um, hitting cliffs, doing backcountry lines. Like I love skiing in, at its core and being able to do all those different kinds of skiing is so, so fun. Um, and it feels like it, it really speaks true to me because it's really like where, wherever your friends are you know, is the best place to be skiing. But. I thought it was great. And I love you ski, you ski powder, like a racer and I <laughs> like you attack it. Mm -hmm. And I fucking love that. I got to start. I'm like, I need to do that. I ski powder like a dad. Like I couldn't, That's okay. my heels couldn't be like further back. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, I'm just like having the time of my life, but I'm like, you know, I'm yeah. going to attack some powder turns this year and maybe it's because i'm on the east coast and if there is powder that i like yeah. i don't have enough steepness to actually attack it like i think that's some yeah. of it but i'm like i'm gonna start attacking i think i had really positive role models that really showed me how to ski powder because i didn't really even know how to ski powder but f shooting photos and skiing powder caitlin richardson my um who also is a heli hansen and vocal teammate 
as well as Marcus Caston are both like ex racers. And I grew up in the industry learning from them and like seeing the way that they shot photos and like skied for the camera and also just skied in general. And it was very aggressive. And so I really like that. And I think that's just how I learned. And, um, and it's, it's really fun to like, I, I really have to thank them for a lot of, a lot of like, you know, style inspiration. Can we expect a park segment dropping anytime soon? Dude, I don't know. Sometimes I, there's a mini park here at Jackson and I go and I like hit the jumps and practice 180s and 360s and stuff. I'm not good, but I definitely love doing it because it gets me out of my comfort zone. It's good for like practicing airs in general, but like I watch these little kids and I'm so intimidated. They're like eight years old or something and they're like throwing double backflips off the park jumps. And I'm like, if I only could do that. I so think- you, I don't know if you could expect a, a segment, but like, I definitely spend some time in the park just for fun. I think that would be a fun video. Like we'll pick, I don't know. <laughs> we'll pick a slope style rider and then you, and then like they'll take you into the park and you like do it and show the progression. <laughs> then you go ride big things and it's like, cause again, I think that's that what makes ski films is like, Oh, not everyone's good at this. Or like, right, have you ever watched right. Alex Honnold ski? Like the yeah, greatest exactly. climber on the planet earth. He like can't like I, I can beat Alex Honnold in like may, like skiing and maybe an arm wrestle, but I think he'll beat me in arm wrestling because he's jacked. But like, <laughs> like it was so humbling to be like, oh, Alex Honnold, this superior athlete who just climbs walls with no ropes because he's an insane human being, can't yes. can't like turn like th- that's what I want to see because now I'm like, oh, that guy's human, and now I respect when he climbs a wall even more because I'm like, oh, he's not good at everything. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that like athletes in general need to showcase more, like, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts, like showcase more diff, like not them at their peak performance on media or doing other things other than like their sport? I think yes and no. I think it's always refreshing to see, because I think it makes you guys human, right? Like. Yeah. It normalize even with the podcast, people are like, oh, let's go skiing. And then they think I'm good at skiing because I talk about it. And I'm like, guys, I'm <laughs> not good at this. I just talk about it. Like, so it is interesting. And I think it normalizes like the like the the top, top tier athletes. And like obviously you guys are all athletes, so you're like like Tom Brady is a great skier. Like, yeah, no shit. He's like one of the greatest football players ever. Of course he's athletic. Like if he wants right. to learn, but I think it is neat to be like, okay, you drag your, like you're dragging your hip on that shot. Right. And it's right. like, that took me 300 tries. <laughs> I love hearing that. I'm like, oh yeah, that didn't just happen first turn. And sometimes it does. Great. But like, I don't know. I don't think, I think there's a good mix. Obviously you don't want to just like show like nothing but garbage on the internet like you want it to be a little bit of a highlight reel but i think one people love crash reels always yeah sure but even just like a behind the scenes of like okay here's the turn it's like an instagram versus reality totally and actually there is a beautiful send behind the scenes i tried Um, to find it i couldn't i screenshot it on my phone and i was like i'm gonna look this up and then i couldn't find it I'll send it to you because I think it does a good job at showing some of the some of the work that went into making the 
<clears throat> making it they kind of like go switch back and forth from like planning to like the shot yeah i love the music that and then singing again so i'll send it to you and maybe you can link it in the um oh, link in bio uh, link, link in, in bio or something <laughs> or, or under the podcast but i think yeah it's a lot more yeah there's a lot of work that goes yeah a lot of behind I, the scenes. i've been part of many film projects nothing to the extent right. of yours but like People are like, oh, that's sick. And I'm like, yeah, that two minutes took us 15 days and none of us made a dollar. So like <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and with and like and also injury. Like you had that was the question that we forgot to answer. Like in Beautiful Send, all four of us got injured. Jim was concussed and got concussed. Tim, the other athlete, like hurt pulled something in his knee and and then Jim and then I ended up having to get surgery afterward. And Jim and I were the only ones that made it to the end of the shoot, but Ann and Tim had to leave like two or three days early. Like they, they just, they were still in Davos, Switzerland, but they called me. couldn't ski. So quite crazy. <laughs> so double. we all got kind of injured. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been so sick. Well, it's like that filming is like, again, I'm dating myself, but it's like days of thunder loose is fast on the verge out of control. Like you either get it or you oh, implode. Yeah. There is no in between. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like it's, yeah. How many box jumps can you do in 60 seconds? Ooh, good question. Right now or when I was uh, when I actually did the physical testing. Well, if anyone wants to watch at, what is it? 71. I, I could I could 71 do 71 is the answer. when I was in high school. 71 is but the I answer. Think, I, I think I would have to try again. Like I have a I can go to the gym and I can I can test and make sure. That was kind of I'm I'm better with that than like strength. I'm better at like more jumping but with my ankle it might be a little different right now if so. anyone wants to see madison's 2015 2016 racing sponsor me video it is available on youtube oh my god dude <laughs> i can't believe i gotta take some of this down it Honestly, is hilarious it is like one thing of the times like 2015 is seven years ago which is like crazy was, but I, it's I don't like know if i should keep it up or take it down man i don't know you have some gold on there you also have Madison's communications project on nonverbal communication and body language, um, which good, was right? educational. Uh, and anyone who has questions on it should watch it. I have a couple yeah. of questions for you. Um, okay. Describe skiing to someone from another planet. Whoa. Like I just swerved out of nowhere with this. That's a great yeah, interview host. Describe skiing to someone from another planet. All right. So <clears throat> there's these pieces of wood. Do they know what wood is? <laughs> you can assume. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Plank wood, two pieces. Strap on your feet. You go fast down a hill. There's snow from the sky. <laughs> That's on the ground, and you glide down a hill with planks on your feet, and it's fun. It makes you smile, and so you keep doing it. <laughs> I think that's acceptable. Um, first, oh first word that comes to mind when I say these words. Are you are you prepared? You don't look. Oh, you look yeah. very perplexed. What was the word these words or was No, I haven't said the words yet. I have a oh, list. Okay. I'm making sure we understand the assignment, I think. Yes. Cat. Skiing. 
Love. Friends. Powder. Giggles. Spicy. All the time. Hot dog. Frank at Alta. <laughs> Career. Fun. Retirement. Never. Dream. Last night. Crocs. Always. <laughs> Let's talk about Crocs. I have a Croc obsession. Can we tell everyone why we love Crocs? I mean, they're the best shoe. In my opinion, we, I wear them every day. I think a, we have a whole Jackson, like cult of croc people. I mean, it's everyone. I feel like everyone in Jackson has crocs and then it gets kind of out of control because there's all different kinds. Like we have flat form crocs and hiking crocs and you know, I love them. I wear them all the time, the fuzzy crocs or whatever. I know people you love them too. Yeah. People think it's a bit and I'm like, this isn't a bit like I wear Like I, like my, yeah. I have old, I'm old and my feet hurt and like these support my feet and they're light and they're comfy totally. and like light, comfy, easy to throw in your pack. Like in the summer, winter, whatever, like I work out in Crocs. I, I pretty much do everything in Crocs. I don't, um, screw around with any other shoes <laughs> that I just don't trust to be totally honest. <laughs> any bad habits? Yes. Lots. Give me one. <laughs> um, Okay, this is my current one. This is what I am attached to right now. I chew about a pack a day of gum, almost. You could be smoking a pack of cigarettes. Exactly, you know, but... You should kick the gum habit and start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Change your life, you know? I don't know how that would do it. My uphill career. Change your life. That's <laughs> not, I mean, that's bad, but like, what? That, there's worse. Hidden talents. I can chew a pack a day of gum. Just kidding. <laughs> Boo. Uh, Hang um, on. I Come just... on. Don't bullshit me. Come... Look at that. You didn't even know I had Wait, that. What? Come on. Don't bullshit me. <laughs> um, a hidden talent? Um, something that I, I guess, like, I don't really advertise it. I, I know people know I like to dance, but, like, I'm pretty good at country swing dancing, like, I take like I teach a lot of my friends here in Jackson and um, I country swing dance actually every Tuesday. So tonight I'm going country swing dancing and we yeah, it's something that I really I think I'm pretty decent at. So that's kind of a hidden talent that I don't like. I don't like put that out on the Internet or normally besides that I just like dancing in general. Now, every person who listens is going to show up to some country line dancing bar and, and who lives in Jackson Hall on Tuesdays. All your Tinder matches. Oh, it's great. All it's your Tinder matches. Uh, what's oh, one God. thing you wish everyone knew about you? Oh, that everyone, I wish everyone knew about me. Yeah. Hmm. This is deep. We're real deep here. Uh-huh. There can be no answer if you don't have one. I just, I don't know if I have an answer. I feel like everyone's, we're all in this together. Like, I really, like, it's just all about 
love and we're all connected. It's all, you know, like, I don't know if there's anything someone needs to know about me right off the bat. Like, I love getting to know people. I love connecting. I'm pretty open. But I think when it comes down to it, it's like we're all the same, you know. Yeah, I, we're I, all human. <laughs> I get that. No, that I'll take that. I will accept that answer. Uh, right. If you weren't a skier, what would you be? A penguin in the freezer. <laughs> if you are what you eat, what are you? Chia seeds. Chia seeds? I eat a lot of chia seeds. All right. I was just making sure I heard the answer correctly. Favorite? Probably gum, too. <laughs> gum. No, we're done with gum. We're it's back to cigarettes. I'm telling you. <laughs> Camel's probably looking for some skiers right now. Big dollar I don't know what that is. I don't know. Marlboro just like at the top just... This could be. I mean, a lot of the European guys really do that. Like, you could retire like off this. You're just smoking cigs, about to go skiing early in the morning. I think it's great. I think, yeah, but I think not, we should all start. Not for me, but for other people, yes. We should all smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, my mom's going to be like, Madison, I was listening to the podcast, and at the very end, you're talking about cigarettes. I don't know if I like that part. Shout out to your mom <laughs> who makes an appearance in your YouTube video uh, when you guys are driving from Michigan to Utah. I went deep. I'm she telling also, you, you really did a lot of research, but also like red let's shout out to redhead sells real estate. That's who she is on Instagram. Hell She's yeah. like the biggest supporter. So if anyone who's listening to this has a request from my mom, it's she's redhead sells real estate and she's the shit. Um, no one she, listening like, to this podcast can afford to buy a house, especially in Utah. <laughs> No, <laughs> that's true. She's just she's just the best. She understands the algorithm of Instagram, and she always comments and I'm posts gonna, and makes up hashtags. It's great. I'm gonna follow her. Uh, favorite TV show to binge watch? Like what's? I don't really watch TV. None. You just had surgery. You didn't re watch one dumb. Oh, I actually I did watch a little bit of television. I watched Girls. Okay. I thought it was really good. Oh, actually, I did watch something during COVID too. The Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, my God. Um, that was the best. What is that called? It's so good. He's just like. Final, the final. Last or, dance, last dance. Last dance, last dance. I just love that. He's like, I no, we don't get, we don't, we're not here to lose, dude. People are like, I'm not having fun. He's like, who get out. Like, we're not, it <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. My favorite is Dennis Rodman. I, I'm a big fan. Well, yeah, he's the best. He's just like wrestling instead of being at the championship game. Yeah, exactly. Um. What does breakfast look like for you right now? Like, what's um, your go-to breakfast? What do I what? What's your go-to breakfast? It's 5 a.m. We're going for a tour. Ooh. I usually would... I mean, I'm a big smoothie. I do smoothies every day. I'm a big smoothie. So I like bananas, blueberries, dates, almond butter, protein powder, athletic greens or whatever. Some sort of like... like you know, mixture and then oat milk and, and then a, I'm a big toppings chick. So I do like, I make my own granola and like with pepitas and sunflower seeds and oats and yeah, the whole coconut, whatever. I like it all. I like, I'm a big smoothie person. Okay. All right. I'll take that. Uh, pocket snack. Muffins. Tell me about your muffins. Cause I know you're a muffin maker. <laughs> God, I thought you'd never ask. Okay. Tell me about your um, muffins. I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> like someone's going to be like, what? <laughs> um, my muffins. I just make a lot of them. I mean, you can, if you're watching the video, like look at all these, I just, I saw the bananas. bananas. 
Um, Can I order muffins? Say again? Can I order muffins? No, but you can come to Jackson. I'll probably make some. You're going to regret that. You're going to have this fucking van that's in your driveway for months because I'm stuck. But really, (laughs) I'm not. I just, that's my play. I'm like, oh, I'm stuck. I got to ski here every day. And then you're going to be like, shit. Should never invite this guy. But I will eat muffins. (laughs) I will. They're good. They're just good pocket snacks. Uh, what is the best? What's your best muffin? Hit me with your muffin. Go-to muffin is like always like Kodiak cakes, banana, and then like seeds and nuts or chocolate chips or whatever. And then I just make those all the time because I don't have to follow a recipe. I just know it and I don't measure anything. Just whip them together. And then I bring them to friend's house or whatever. Uh, go-to karaoke song. Ooh, totally depends. I'm a big, I love karaoke. Same. If I ain't got you, Alicia Keys is what I did when I was in high school. And I feel like that one just slaps. Um, but like country, we could go with like, we could, I mean, there's so many different kinds. There's too many. There's too many to choose from. That would be a fun one. I was thinking next, if I went and did karaoke, if they had Barbra Streisand's Don't Rain on My Parade. It's a little more theatrical, but I feel like I could do it. So we do this thing. Well, I haven't done it in a long time, but we used to do this thing that if you're seeing karaoke, your friends yeah. are doing interpretive dance behind you. Ooh. So then you have backup dancers that. and it's a thing. But also Okay, it, well, I'm really interested in that. Yeah, it's good. Also and then it's a trade-off. So you got like a comfort behind you if you have if you're nervous about it. In Buffalo, we yeah. have live band karaoke. Ooh, and they do like okay. emo nights. So you're like screaming taking back Sunday at the top of your lungs. But you have a full band that's like crushing no it. Way. Yeah, it's a full shit show like people are like there's little circle pits and they do like 90s night and they do like 2000 it'll be like people just singing limp biscuit but it's like funny let's it's not like people who want to sing limp biscuit it's like it's it's a damn i want to come out for that you should have let me know yeah that's my east coast tour you were far from where i am but maybe (laughs) maybe next time uh let me look if i have any more questions I don't like that one. Oh, what would you name your boat if you had a boat? Like off the top of my head? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe like Chowda. <laughs> All right. I'll take oh, that's acceptable. Uh biggest pet peeve on social media right now. Or just biggest pet peeve. Let's just say biggest pet peeve. Okay. I mean, I think I like the social media pet peeve. You can, I mean, if that's Um, it, then. uh, Let's do social media pet peeve. My social media pet peeve right now is I like, I mean, my, I have a love hate relationship with social media. So, but so sometimes I'm like, screw it. I'm going to like, just play the game and like do these ridiculous songs that last 18 seconds or whatever, six seconds. Or, I mean, geez, I think that's maybe what it is. I really appreciate good music. And so I don't like this whole idea that I have to use a trending song in order to get the algorithm to like me. That's my biggest pet peeve. I think that music is so much better than like this kind of this dumb songs, no offense. But like, I'm only saying it's dumb. And Why I would I have pretty... I just, it just... It bothers me because I really value music and I love the idea of like action and music together. Um, 
And so I think it kind of ruins it when there's like only a little bit of a song that you're able to use. Sometimes it slaps and it's good, but like the fact that everyone's using the same song, like that kind of gets irritating for me. Um, but then I'm also conflicted because I'm like, all right, well, I have to, you know, it's part of my job to be on social media. And if I, I need to have a following and all this stuff, it all goes through your head. And so I, I kind of go back and forth with it. But that might be my biggest pet peeve is the whole music thing. This is a yes or no question. <laughs> Has anyone <laughs> asked to buy your socks yet? <laughs> um, that's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I think people most of the time are pretty grossed out by my feet. But yeah, I guess like on Instagram, I get a lot of weird messages and I mostly don't, <laughs> I mostly don't read them but there's definitely been some weird foot things um especially when i hiked a volcano in crocs and i like my feet were fully trench foot and people were like kind of losing their minds they're like what is happening here um Sell yeah i get some crocs. weird messages yeah yep um great I think that was great. I think we nailed it. I don't think I have any more questions for you. Um, I mean, we kind of covered a lot of bases here, Adam. Yeah, we kind of go all over the map. That's always the goal for the podcast. Is there, this is my time for you to just let you like shout out to everything you're doing. What do you have coming up this winter? Sponsors mm -hmm. to thank, because those are very important. So we like to get a little of that. Where can people find you? And mm -hmm. anything else you want to tell anybody? Wow. This okay. is your outro. We'll try to make this quick. My outro. Um, my outro is you can find me. We'll go from back to front or like the last one to the first one. Find me Madison Rose on Instagram. M-A-D-I-S-O-N-N-N Rose on Instagram. Um, that's probably the best place. I would say what I'm looking forward to this season is um, – yeah, more focusing on a lot of like uphill missions and more like self human powered kind of stuff, um, as well as like developing my skills more in the in the mountaineering side of skiing and taking more avalanche courses and that kind of thing. Maybe get into ice climbing. I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. So just kind of getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. And then I'm trying to think of the other questions. What else is Sponsors. going on? I, I mean, uh, what? Go ahead. What else? Like, what are you, are you filming anything? Oh, I mean, dude, I don't, I'm taking it all day by day. We'll see. Love how it. Goes. I think I have a couple of personal, personal projects coming up, um, maybe in the spring. And, you know, you, sometimes you don't know what's going to, what's going to happen until you get a call or, so I don't know exactly what my season has in store, but I just am going to try to ski as much as I can. Um, when I'm home, be home and ski here in the Tetons because I live in a really amazing place. Um, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort is also an amazing place. So um, spend time with family and friends. I'm just taking it, you know, working on working on the self, working on community, and that's all I could ever ask for. So. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate your questions and, and yeah, where we went. I know it was like fun tangents and stuff, but like, I think it makes I, it a little more fun. Great. Yeah. It's way fun. I, I appreciate it. I really, yeah, I really do. So thank you. 
And thanks for being patient with me because I ghosted you on accident. One more probably important people to thank, um, sponsors. Yes. Um, Helly Hansen, big sponsor of mine, Vocal Skis, so Marco Del Bello Vocal, Osprey Packs, Lakey Poles, and Sweet Protection. Those Love are, it. I'm like, I'm so thankful. I feel like I'm aligned with the, and supported by like the coolest companies ever. Like I couldn't be more fired up. And it's been like to get to where I am, like with these, with this crew, I'm so stoked. I love, I love everyone. It's like a family in each of my sponsors. So they all know that I love them so much, but I'm glad you asked me to talk about them because I feel really supported and loved by them individually. Yeah. They make the world go round. Uh, and thank you. Thank you. I know we had a little miscommunication, but thank you for lining it up, getting it done and having an hour and a half long conversation. So you're amazing. Yeah. I'm I appreciate you so much. Try-